Welcome to Tice Talks with Dr. David Tice. Today's episode is number 36, Consequences of Divorce and Remarriage. Our guest today is Charity Berkey and Faith Gelsorp. So I guess it would be guests plural. I was homeschooled. It's okay. <laughs> Somebody else needs to say something okay. now. <laughs> I'm like try, uh, uh, trying to talk. Okay, we're talking today about the consequences of divorce and remarriage. So there might be somebody that says, hey, I'm getting myself out of this horrible wreck of a marriage. My husband has cheated on me over and over and over. He wants no reconciliation. I want to get divorced. And I have biblical grounds for divorce. But there are still going to be consequences, and we need to be able to face those consequences. There's also those that say, okay, I am out of that hurtful, abusive marriage, and I have met wow, a man that I should have married 15 years ago. He, I cannot believe how loved I am. I can't believe how cherished he treats me. I can't believe all of this, and it's all amazing, and I'm on cloud nine, and this remarriage looks like the best thing in the world, but there will be consequences, and you have to acknowledge that. If you don't acknowledge these beforehand and going into into it, we are going. You will be in for a very rude awakening. Yep. And that's the focus for today's podcast. We did a three part series on hope and healing for the blended family. So if you're beyond this area, there, there's three parts on that. But today's is specifically on consequences. Yeah, it's, it's it's really important. I had a guy one time. I sat down with these truths. And I said to him, okay, you're about to get married. I had him and his future wife. They had a blended family. They were, they were putting together a blended family. And uh, I said, I need to share with you what you will face. And that's basically what we're going to talk about. Here's what you will face if you choose to blend your families together. And you may not face every one of these, but you're you're pretty good chance of having these kind of consequences now and why is that because there's two sets of parents well the the truth of the matter is there are uh god there's god's ideal mm-hmm. god's plan and we're not it's this is a violation of god's plan but again god is is the god of the second chance and you're right uh, number one you we have uh you have two sets of parents and when you have two sets of parents then you're going to have uh, children that are on, you're going to have two different sets of rules and regulations, what you can and what you cannot do. And you're going to have children who are uh, going to be hearing one thing from dad and one thing from mom. And that puts children in a very unique situation because the Bible says in Ephesians, children obey your parents, not your mom, not your dad, but your parents. If a child is being told by one set of parents one thing and another set of parents another thing, then what you have is a double-minded child. And the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. He can't, that child can't obey his parents. Therefore, he can't obey God. And this is going to be a difficulty that you have to work through. Wow. Yeah, so if you say, hey, at our home, this is what we do. We don't go here. We don't watch these movies. But then when you go to dad's house, he's like, here, here's the here's HBO Max. Here, here, this is what you can do at home. I'm going to leave. You babysat the kids. Yeah. And you have put that 
on your child. Well, and then your kid's frustrated because they come back to mom's house after they've been at dad's house doing whatever they want. And then mom comes back and she says, did you do this? Okay, now you're in trouble. So I get in trouble when I come home to mom's house for the things I did when I was at home at dad's house. So I feel like that would just get discipline all messed up. Right. And that's let's then because of that, often parents say, okay, well, I can't do anything about it anyway. They're not my kid. Or uh, what are you going to do about your kid? Yes. And so then what do you end up doing to actually discipline properly when there is a discipline issue that comes up? That's why it's so important that we sit down, that you sit down with your children and you say, you need to understand these are the rules in our home. And this is what you're going to do when you're in our home. When you go to school, there are rules for school. When you go to church, there's rules for school, when, uh, for, for, for church. When you go to the supermarket, there are rules for the supermarket. In our home, this is what we teach. This is what we believe. And when you're in our home, these are the things that you're going to have to do. Now, again, that uh, uh, if and you have to do that without being hostile towards the parents that are not supportive of what you are doing. Yeah, you can't be like, he's an idiot, and he lets you watch all these things. He lets you do all this stuff. It's it's not being hostile toward them. It's still being supportive, yet saying, in our home, this is what we do. But also, what you had said in one of our previous podcasts is that you still need to make your home fun. Because if all they think of is, this is the home with the rules and the standards, then maybe the children you have together with your new spouse is going to look and be like, man, I wish my parents were divorced so I could go to somebody's house and do what I want to do. Do yeah. fun stuff there. And, and do, yeah, that teaching your family, no, we can have fun, pure, clean fun as a family creating memories. And this is what the ideal is. That's absolutely right. Faith, do you have something to say? My wavelength was right there with Charity. I was thinking the exact same thing she just said about the new kids getting the feeling of, oh, now I feel trapped. They might think of their half-brothers and sisters. Well, at least you get a break from the rules. You get to go over to your fun dad's house. But I'm stuck here with the rules all the time. So what about when you get accused of being, oh, well. Faith is just the favorite. She's the favorite. Well, not of dad's. But of Just like the family sure. together, actually. The family collectively, Faith is the favorite. I'm dad's favorite. Josh is mom's favorite. I don't think we really need to discuss this part. It's not an accusation of favoritism. <laughs> it's the truth of favoritism. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I should probably recuse myself from this section. <laughs> so what do you do? So what if your kids are like, that's it. He's... You only love him because that's going to happen. He's your kid. You love him more than you love me. You gave me. faith a dress of many colors. <laughs> and and you And that's the pure that's the biblical example yep. right there. Two different yep. four different four different wives, wives and you got and you've got one that's a favored because he liked the first because wife. Because he liked the wife. Or he liked yep. the second wife better yeah. than he liked the first wife. So uh, yet yeah, you have that. That is again and one of the consequences of of uh, of a blended family. There's going to be accusations of favoritism. So how do you how do you combat that? The only way you can combat that is by making sure that you're sitting together 
and as a as a couple we we've talked about this in a in a, a former podcast uh, podcast the it's important that you sit together and say look we've got to be consistent about these things and backing each other up and ba- right. and that's exactly right backing each other up if if it looks like a strong like there's going to be a, some strong discipline it would probably be best if the biological parent initiates that mm-hmm. after counseling together that the biological parent initiates that well you treat that you treat th- them favorite what well, no i'm treating you are my child and we're going to deal with that uh that way and and let the let the um, step parent then be the one that is the gracious one mm-hmm. uh that is um that is uh protective okay that, that but you will face that these are consequences you will face the accusation of favoritism because children and children play on emotions yeah they play pe- people against each other we all do we all so and how do you bomb- sorry no that's okay go ahead oh, i was Faith. just gonna say and they're bombarded with disney talking about the evil step parents and all yes of that. and the one that stole oh, yes. their other their mother or their father's affection away from their biological parent yeah oh, it's just that's... pushed throughout society that oh. the step parent is the bad guy yeah no you, matter you, what you and that's what happens oftentimes Oftentimes, in um, in a marriage, in a in a blended marriage, the person, the the child that was the most supportive when you were a single adult, becomes the f- person who becomes the greatest adversary of the couple. Because what happens naturally when uh, a mom is left alone with a boy or a girl, and and she's left alone, she becomes dependent upon that oldest child Mm -hmm. and the same thing is true with a father a father becomes dependent upon that oldest daughter or oldest son uh, to to help him in that relationship because we all need one another and when the spouse is gone out of the relationship then oftentimes the mom or the dad become dependent on the oldest child as a helper within their relationship so when the families begin to blend together the the oldest child feels demoted yes feels like wait a minute i used to do that Mm -hmm. i used to do that Uh, the oldest girl i used to take care of my dad the oldest boy i used to protect Hmm. and and what has to happen in a blended family is there has to be the reality and it has to be expressed that look and and the you know you really don't have to express that let me just back up on that you really don't have to express it the kid knows the yeah. children know i used to be number 1 in this relationship with my mom i'm used to be number 1 in my dad and now i'm second place to this new person who has come in and he's or she's assuming my place that is think, why this is absolutely essential. Some of that can be redirected to just speaking as the only firstborn in the room. <laughs> that <laughs> sense of responsibility is there with your firstborn child regardless. Yeah. And so when they're put in that situation, they will most likely rise to that occasion and they are going to feel so important and so special because they're able to fill this need that they see. And it's just they're hardwired to be the responsible one. So when you re- you have to then... When that responsibility gets taken away from them, you can't leave a void there. You have to fill that that responsible 
drive that's been just growing in them with something else. So give them something else to do and redirect that rather than just removing it completely. Does that make sense? Crystal, that is so excellent. What a, yeah. what a great, great point. In fact, I've never thought of that before. That is, that's so, so good. Um, uh, you were you about to say how that you together need to make them your number one That's exactly responsibility. right. For, for, for those children, they need to know, look, the best thing for them is for you two to be together. Mm-hmm. And that because you two are together, they, their importance is now is way higher. They, they can actually be children now. They can actually, yeah. and yeah. you have the opportunity to say to them, there's nobody on this planet that's more important to us together as together a unit than you. Than you. Wow. So they they become the number one priority to you together as a couple. So now, so important. If we do that, if you don't fall, a lot of times people are listening and they're like, but if I set up these rules, what if my what if my kids don't want to live with me anymore and then they can go and and they're scared about this. Yes. What would you tell that parent? The the truth of the matter is there is no there's not going to be a perfect situation. You'll have to say to there there may be a time where you have to actually say to a child, "Look, um we love you. These are our rules. This is what we are going to do here, and we want you to be part of this." But if you choose not to be part of this, we will love you, we will care for you, but these are the rules. This is what we do in our home. And that might mean that you'll have to allow a child to walk away and go into another relate into the other family relationship and not be with you because they've made that choice. But you can't change what you're doing in order to hold on to to him because or her of fear of losing out yes. if you've ever seen cheaper by the dozen you'll understand this concept very mm-hmm. well <laughs> the old version i think either the one it one both too. shows the the oldest son being like oh, what mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so clear play yes um <laughs> what about baggage of the past relationships being brought into the new marriage would you say, okay, because obviously there's baggage now, right? So what would you say to that person? Should, should I just keep it to myself? Should I open up to my spouse? Should I, should, what, what do you do with that? Well, the idea there is this, that there is going to be baggage. Mm-hmm. We're talking about consequences. There's going to be baggage. There's going to be um, uh, the way things used to be. There's going to be a, an, a former spouse, there's going to be, um, there's going to be hostilities uh, from the former spouse. There's going to be the consequences of, hey, I can't go over and drop my daughter off at my ex-wife's house because now I'm remarried, and she is jealous of the fact that I remarried. Even though she left me, now I'm remarried, and she's jealous. And I, I have had, I've had husbands. Uh, who have said, my former wife, I went to pick up the children 
and uh, she She's tried to, to seduce. seduce yeah, she yeah. tried to seduce me. That's and and so what do you do with that? Well, you just have to be very very careful about that. You have to say and that goes back to the setting up the standards together. That's that we right. Talked about in the previous podcast. Yes, and I'm not going to go over to her house by myself. I'm not going to go over to his house by myself. You're going to have those. You you're going to have things that come in to your life because of our past. We can't erase our past. There are consequences of those of those past things. So what would you recommend? Let's say I have I have baggage of I'm I'm unable to open up and communicate to my spouse because my previous spouse all he did was if I said something he just attacked me or I I was or if I came up and I tried to come on to my spouse he would reject me or I would get compared to to pornography and so I have the fear of rejection all of that is now baggage in my life and now because of that I do not I I have trepidation of having a good even marriage right now with my husband who I have now so what would you do would you suggest getting you know Christian counseling for the two of you just one of you yeah I think it's really important if you have a pastor or a pastor's wife that you um, that you you get together and get some godly counsel about that. The truth is, the truth is, we all have. It doesn't matter what our past is. We have things that we need to deal with. And if there's something that is uh, hurting your uh, your ability to have the proper relationship with your spouse, then you need to get alone with God and. You need to get some counsel to help you overcome those things. Honesty and uh, openness with your spouse is very, very important. The reason I'm this way is because. The reason I did this is because. And this means honesty with yourself. The Bible says if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And we can try and deceive ourselves into thinking, oh, this is all his fault the way he's doing it, or this is all her fault the way she's doing it. No, I need to be honest with myself. If I'm overreacting when my spouse does a certain thing, and i got to look at myself and say, now wait a minute, do I have a reason for doing that, or is that me? A lot of what you're saying goes with the, con- the consequences are our feelings, a lot of the consequences can be about our feelings. We can have bitterness towards the, um, you know, the, that that parent, my ex, stole my spouse, my child's affection. Or I can have um, the feeling of I'm pulled in all these different directions, trying to prove to everyone that I equally love everybody. I have all these feelings. Um, I have the feeling there might be contention, but. Even if there's not as much, but I can develop the feeling of contention between people. And a lot of it, a lot of these consequences depends on how I feel. And what you said, if we can go and find a good godly counselor that's going to give us biblical advice that my spouse is okay with me sharing and opening up to, that I can go, not 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 my girlfriend that I'm going to go and spill what a horrible life I have to, but a godly counselor that's going to share biblical wisdom back at me that can help direct, yes, those feelings are real and those are true feelings, but let's get to the facts 
of what's actually happening and let's address your feelings so we can address the facts and see what is real and just what you're feeling. That's not that's not that's not this spouse that was that spouse. That's not this husband that was that husband. And you need to learn to separate that truth. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. That's so good. Uh, uh, the the first the first uh, a piece of armor that we put on to fight against Satan's attacks is the belt of truth. Mm. So speaking the truth and knowing the truth and being truthful with yourself, saying, look, this wasn't him, this was me. This wasn't her, this was me. That's so good. So on a practical point, I mean, these are all extremely practical, but you, when you lose a spouse, you kind of lose... <laughs> an income. And whenever you now have a new house, you and your new husband, you, your new spouse, you're creating a whole new family dynamic, not just with emotions, not just people combining together, but now a whole financial responsibility. Like what are some conflicts that might arise because of that? Less money divided between the two houses. Conflicts between stepchildren oh you gave that kid that money well then you even if it the divorce was finalized in court you have lawyers fees you have child support i mean there's a lot of demands on both new families for money so what are your suggestions on that well again that is these are the conflicts that you have i tell people that there are five areas of conflict in in a home number one there's sex. Number two, there's communication or a lack of communication. Number three, there's finances. Number four, there's children. And number five, there's in-laws. Well, you, when you get, when you put a blended family together, you have multiplied those things. You have multiple in-laws. You have multiple children. You have finances, like you said. I've got, I've got lawyer's fees that I'm going to have to pay for. I have to pay, uh, I have to pay maybe alimony or child support. All of this is taking money out of the out of, out of the the central household, and um, uh, so so again, these are consequences that you have to talk about before you get married. And if you're already in that second marriage or third marriage, then you have to realistically discuss these things. I I think when it comes to when it comes to the area of finances. Anybody ought to go to uh, to Dave Ramsey's course, Financial Peace University, and take that. I think it's a nine-week course or a nine-section uh, course. Somebody, I've had people who've listened to the first uh, first session and said, "Man, I just sat down and listened to all of them hmm. all at once." I don't know if you can digest that all that that quick, but getting in on learning how to financially properly security. financially take care of things, hmm. and then uh, getting into a good local church where you're, where all of your kids are all going together so is a great thing so they can be spiritually fed and uh, working on that, all of those things together. Our last consequence that we are going to discuss that a lot of people don't go into marriage thinking, into remarriage thinking, is um, two, really, the, in, the inability to be as comfortable in your own home. Oh, that is a big, big consequence. As you normally are. Yeah, I. I, I and that's not just for you. That's going to be your your teenage daughter. Yeah. It's going to be your teenage son getting into or a, a child. They, they. It's not their home anymore. 
Yeah. So you can't come downstairs and whatever you normally come downstairs in. You yeah. can't just sit and relax and chill and watch a movie like you normally do. It there's it's like there's always company. There's a set of eyes on you that and that, realizing that is that's that's how it's going to be and it uh, that's not really going especially if you have teenagers in the house that's not going to be it's not going to be like oh we're just one big brothers and sisters happy family because right. this isn't that it's not something that's going to change it's not going to be Brady Bunch yeah if you got a teenage boy and a teenage girl and uh, they're not they're not um, they're not biologically linked they're going to be looking at each other right. And, and even you have to be careful, too, um, about incest has happened on multiple occasions where not incest, just that, oh, um, the daughter is attracted to the son and they do something that is mutual. You know, they both were intending to, but there is there's things that happen that's abusive when there's older brothers or older sisters that can abuse a younger sibling and the younger sibling doesn't even know how to tell or express what is going on. And that this is not this is something that happens often, too often, one time happening. It's way too often. But this is something that people don't want to address. And this is a is a consequence. And that can happen with boys on boys. Yes. And girls, girls on, on girls. girls. Homosexuality mm-hmm. uh, can become a uh, an issue. I sat down with a pastor's uh, son one day and he explained to me that while he was at home and he was being homeschooled, they were in a blended family, he was molested by his older, older brothers s- and wow. he passed that on to his younger brothers. Yeah. Um, Children need to be observed. Children need to be, um, they need to be instructed and they need to be watched. The Bible says that a child left to himself will bring his mother to shame. So, yeah, that's a major, Faith major just consequence. Said that's a lot of work. And that's really what it is. Even with your own children, you have to be careful because the Bible teaches how foolishness is bound in their heart. Yeah. That's just what it is, it's there. And so it's a lot of work to drive that foolishness out of that heart. And a lot of what you said, being there because a mother that's a child that's left to himself um, brings his mother to shame. If the mom's not there correcting, if the mom's not aware and involved and knowing what's going on and being proactive in that and intentional in all of those areas... This consequence of remarriage can affect your life and your children's life in a negative manner. Now, there are some, like we said at the beginning, there are some amazing things that can happen from remarriage that God allows. But we need to not go in blindly. We don't need to go in thinking, oh, this is going to be the happily ever after. We need to go in guarded prepared and ready to face whatever it is that's going to be faced. And then you can have a happily ever after. You can, but life is what you make it. Crystal, I think it'd be a great thing to do if we, uh, I'll have April, our church secretary, type out or just make available all that, that list of consequences and we'll make it available for for our listeners as a if, download if you'd like to if you'd like to get this uh, crystal tell us how we can get this you're going to go to davidtice.com 
and there is going to be a link somewhere there that is going to you can click on it and download the list of consequences okay. that way. Or you can send us your email. If you want to send us your email, we'll email it to you. Just uh, put on the request form what you're asking for, and then we can send it to you. You can get go to davidtice.com, and there'll be a pop-up for your email asking specifically for um, an email and you can just put a request in there. So I'd like to request the, the list of consequences of divorce and remarriage. Mm-hmm. That's how we'll do it. Okay. So, this has been episode 36, Consequences of Divorce and Remarriage. We are starting a brand new series, I believe, next episode 37. Oh, this is going to be good. Candid Conversations with Christian Teens. And it's going to dun, be dun, my... Dun, dun niece and nephew Ashlyn Tice and Jonathan Tice they're both seniors in high school soon to graduate and they grew up with helicopter parents they sure did (laughs) (laughs) and And helicopter aunts and uncles they were constantly here all the time (laughs) so for their podcast (laughs) debut (laughs) they will be coming and we're going to have a series we're going to talk about Christian teens and social media. We're going to talk about Christian teens and dating. We're going to talk about Christian teens and something else. Service. I can't remember. Oh, service. You had it. Yep. And and service and uh, how they can really get involved and in being proactive in serving in their local church and their communities. So we're taking advantage of them being here before they leave us. Yeah, and go off to college. They're going to leave us and go away. Yes. So that's what's going to be our next series. and I can't wait to hear that one. Thank you for joining us today for Tice Talks with Dr. David Tice. Thanks to our special guests, Charity and Faith and Emma. We had fun, huh, Emma? You can say hi this time. Emma says yes. When you put her next to the mic, she doesn't say anything. She she goes all day long. She wants to eat it. <laughs> okay, well, this has been Tice Talks, and today it certainly has been more than a conversation. <laughs>